a handful of conservative Democrats piling on. The Democrats in Albany's castle-like Capitol building were convinced marriage had no chance. So were the Capitol Hill reporters who filed their stories from narrow pigeonholes on the building's third floor with its walls that seemed to be closing in like those in The Pit and the Pendulum. The wealthy libertarian Wall Streeters who had written six-figure checks to launch a lobbying effort for marriage and the legions of activists who had swarmed the 19th century capital's gloomy, high-vaulted corridors in search of wavering legislators week after week held out little hope. Only one person in Albany seemed quietly confident that same-sex marriage would pass. From April, when the campaign began in earnest, the governor held tight control over its many contingents. There would be no infighting among gay marriage groups and their patrons. The governor's top aide, Steve Cohen, would rule. Cohen was a former U.S. attorney who had startled the press corps by declaring that the new administration would have two speeds, get along and kill. In private, he could be a genial fellow. But when it came to promulgating his boss's agenda, there was no one tougher. Together, he and the governor changed the name of the cause. Same-sex marriage was now marriage equality, with its canny appeal to justice and freedom airbrushing away any hint of sexuality. On his own, the Catholic governor did what he could to calm his church and the lawmakers loyal to it. No same-sex marriages would have to be conducted in Catholic churches. The new bill would make that clear. With that, the governor got to work manning the phones from his second-floor office in the executive chamber. To see Cuomo wrangling votes, coaxing one minute and threatening the next, was to see politics at its most elemental, carrot and stick. On the path from hatchet man for his father to activist for the homeless to a seat in President Clinton's cabinet to New York Attorney General and now, as the most powerful political leader in the state, Andrew Cuomo had made more than his share of enemies. He was brash, aggressive, often ruthless. But of all those who loathed him, none would deny him this. At the game of hardball, which was what this was, there was no one better. Now he was using those skills in the service of a cause he had come to believe in. Privately, on marriage, Cuomo figured he was a vote away, maybe two. Of the four Democrats on record against marriage equality, Ruben Diaz Sr. of the Bronx was a hopeless cause. He was a Pentecostal minister, unbudgeable from his view that marriage was an institution established by God between a man and a woman. As far as Skelos knew, the other three Dems were no votes, too. Hence his magnanimity. Undeterred, the governor was pushing hard on those same three Democrats one by one with variations on a theme. The only question is, this year or the next, he told them. And 15 or 20 years from now, no one is going to understand lawmakers who voted no and put this off. Where in history do you want to be in this story? All three were downstaters from outer boroughs of New York City. Before long, two of the three would lose their seats amid corruption charges, a sorry tradition in Albany and one that would soon grow more pronounced, threatening to tarnish the governor's record, but those misfortunes remained in the future. 
You may worry about the politics of today and tomorrow, Andrew went on, but you didn't enter into public life to be judged based on today. The pitch was persuasive, but so was the field. Activists had gathered overwhelming numbers of pro-marriage equality signatures from each lawmaker's district. Field, they called it, as in field research. The lawmakers had been inundated with field. By Monday, June 13th, the governor had news to report. He called the press down from their pigeonholes into the red room adjacent to his office with its crimson carpeting, mahogany wainscoting, and coffered oak ceiling. The room's ceremonial desk bore wheelchair marks from former Governor Franklin D. Roosevelt and a secret step that another former governor, the diminutive Thomas Dewey, could pull out and stand on to make his addresses. At six feet tall, more or less, Andrew could...